On today's hot sheet, I'm discussing a Redfin report on investor purchases, the weekly drop in mortgage applications, and January foreclosure data. Today is Wednesday, February the 14th, 2024. I am Byron Lazine, and the hot sheet starts now. Good morning and happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Let me know in the live chat which market you are tuning in live from here today. Real estate agents, I have a survey down below. Uh, there's limited time left for you to uh, put your insights into this survey. Uh, we do an agent sentiment survey with 1000 Watt. 1000 Watt's the premier branding and marketing agency in the US, of course, for real estate. We partner with them to do this agent sentiment survey every quarter. And this quarter, we're talking about your reaction to the potential commission changes. So jump down below and fill that survey out, giving everybody here on the hot sheet and BAMX an opportunity to be a part of that. Of course, to get the most out of BAMX, become a member of, uh, or to get the most out of our content at BAM, rather, become a member of BAMX. Use code HOT to get 10% off of BAMX. Get access to the hot sheets show notes each and every single day, as well as the uh, daily downloads. All right. Uh, there's one um, headline here and, and study published this morning by Redfin that is going to create a lot of misinformation. There'll be misinformation on X and other social media sites probably as early as this afternoon. Uh, that headline from Redfin is that investors bought 26% of the country's most affordable homes in the fourth quarter, the highest share on record. Investors also bought one out of five homes in the fourth quarter, about 18% of all homes that sold in the fourth quarter, which is up slightly from a year ago. Um, now, I, I want to I define what Redfin is saying is an investor because people are going to run to social media sites and they're going to say the Institute Wall Street, the institutional buyer is leaving no homes for everyday Americans, for families to buy. And it's simply just not true. Okay. How do they define an investor? Any buyer whose name includes at least one of the following LLC, Inc., trust, corp, or homes. Have you, I know I have, ever bought a personal home and put it into an LLC or maybe a rental property? If you own one home, your primary residence, and you decided to get an Airbnb or a rental property to have some cash flow, as all the investors like to say, and you put that into an LLC. LLCs are very commonly used to purchase real estate doesn't mean that Wall Street is buying one out of five homes in the fourth quarter. We know that Wall Street and an institutional buyer, an institutional buyer is defined by these corporations that are owning over a thousand rental homes. Okay. That's not what this is. That's in the one to 2% of homes across America range. This is your neighbor, your, your client, your everyday investor who's going out and buying homes. Uh, we also define, this is not me, but 
Redfin also define an investor as any buyer whose ownership code um, on a purchasing deed includes one of the following association, corporate trustee, company, joint venture, corporate trust. This data may include purchases made through family trust for personal use. So they, they say that this is all the way at the very bottom of the article. This could be people using it for personal use, family trusts or LLCs, okay? Um, so the number here that Redfin is using is a little, it, it's inflated just a little bit. Redfin enjoys this, but they like to make it seem like the little guy's always getting screwed. So the way they position the headline on the study, I'm not doubting the numbers here, uh, but the way they position the headline and write this thing up, and then you got to go to the very bottom method methodology should be at the top and it should be explained that, Hey, the numbers could be skewed. There could be a bunch of personal use wrapped up into these numbers, but Redfin wants everybody to believe that, Oh my gosh, everybody's getting uh, screwed out here. That's been their MO uh, for years. Okay. So let's take a look here. Real estate investors. Uh, purchasing, according to Redfin's methodology, 26.1% of low-priced U.S. homes that sold in the fourth quarter. Okay, so Redfin, again, we just covered this. They they go low-price, mid-price, high-price, or you know the way they define luxury is top five percent of market value in a in a excuse me <clears throat> in a specific market. Um, so on low-price, mid-price, and high-price investors bought up 26. 0.1% of the low price homes that sold in the fourth quarter. It's the highest share on record. It's up from 24% a year earlier. Okay. You can see that number continuing to rise each and every year, essentially from 2000, a uh, couple of little valleys there, but essentially from 2000 to today, going from 10% to 26 plus percent. By comparison, investors purchased 13.6% of mid-priced homes that sold. Last year, that was 14.3%. Okay, uh, and 15.9% of high-priced homes. Uh, that, that's 15.4% from a year ago. So essentially flat on the high-priced homes from a year ago, uh, up on the mid-priced homes from one year ago, the price tier for where investors want to be purchased. It makes sense. If you're going to go get a rental in your local market and you can pick one of those up in the lower price tier of whatever your market is, you're going to have uh, an, a, an ability to get more cash flow. You're going to have a safer return on investment there with where mortgage rates are. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. With where more mortgage rates are, it can become very constrictive to get cash flow on a rental property. Uh, investor home purchases dropped 11% in the fourth quarter. So investor purchases of U.S. homes fell 10.5% year over year in the fourth quarter to 46,419. That's the lowest fourth quarter level since 2016. So that's putting an exclamation point on what I just said. Rates are higher. It's harder to get a good investment right now. It's why you saw the least amount of investor home purchases this fourth quarter than we have since 2016. It's because of those rates. It's because it's hard to find a deal. Okay. We're going to talk about mortgage demand and rates in a minute, but think about that. We're talking about 
all this pent up demand. Imagine if the investors completely sat on the sideline in the fourth quarter. Would prices have continued to go up? Would days on market have increased? I think prices probably would have flattened or gone down. I think days on market would have gone up. If the investors weren't there, the regular mom and pop investor, which is essentially what this is, and some personal use. That I mean, Redfin's even admitting they're using some personal use in here when they calculate these LLCs. If these buyers weren't in the market, the market would look dramatically different. Okay, there'd be far less demand. We're seeing demand sink and sink here the last couple of weeks when we compare it year over year. I know agents want to say, oh, it doesn't feel like that. I'm busy. It's because you're a great agent and you should be busy. But the overall number across uh, America is that the demand is sinking. Does it mean that there's not pent up demand and, and if rates come down that we won't see a surge? Of course. I'm talking about currently right now. Uh, so investor purchases down 10.5%. And, and look at the investor purchases from 2022 before the rates went up. They, I mean, completely plummeted here. So you saw investor purchase skyrocket uh, when rates were down to, uh, you know, ridiculously low level under 3%, not sustainable numbers for uh, the economy or for, or, for, or for inflation, never seen before. 30-year fixed mortgages, 2% mortgages not coming back, by the way. Uh, and you saw what happened with investor purchases. They just went through the roof. Overall, U.S. home purchases posted a slightly larger decline, falling 12.2% to 251000 plus, the lowest fourth quarter level since 2012. Okay, so if not for those investor purchases, that number would have been even lower. You want some investor purchases in every single market. It's also a great way for people who don't want to YOLO it on the stock market to make some money, to have a retirement, to have a plan. Investor purchases. And all these slides, by the way, they'll be available for BAMX members. You can easily download that. Uh, use code HOT to get 10% off of BAMX. Investor purchases didn't fall nearly as fast as they did last year. The 10.5% drop in investor home purchases in the fourth quarter marks a six straight year-over-year -year decline. <clears throat> but that pales in comparison to the 44.1% drop of a year earlier. So when rates took hold, you saw a, and we just saw it on the on the other slide there, you just saw a steep decline in the amount of investor purchases. They, they had started falling in the third quarter of 2022. Here's the market share. Uh, in the fourth quarter, market share of purchases was 18%. Single-family homes represented over two-thirds of those purchases. Single-family homes represented uh, almost 69% of investor purchases in the fourth quarter uh, versus a year earlier. Condos made up the second largest share, 19.2% versus 17.9% the year earlier, followed by townhouses, townhouses, sorry, 7.1% uh, versus 8% the year before. Multifamily properties for investors was 5.1 versus a 5.3 a year earlier. I'd expect that number to go up, especially with the November change in how you can finance this for the for the mom and pop investor, for the small in-town investor. Obviously, the, the, the issue with a multifamily like a two or a four unit, hard to come by, hard to get, not an easy deal to get your hands on. Don't, uh, the turnover rate it isn't high on those. People want to hold them. Don't want to give them up. Uh, this number, though, here, the investor market share, 
It's pretty much increased as well since 2000. Uh, if you look at 2000, between 6 and 8%. <clears throat> now here in the fourth quarter of uh, last year at 18% of purchases are coming down to investors. I mean, this this also speaks to you know what the Fed has has created. Remember, we, we talked about rentals yesterday. The Fed doesn't care if people are homeowners. They want to stabilize prices, maximize employment. Stabilize prices means go rent. Go rent. If you can get a rent cheaper than a mortgage, great. Helps the fight against inflation. Okay. The, the policies that come out of D.C. speak more to more people renting. So, so it's a market for, for fewer. It's a market for less people. It's why it's why there's like, wow, man, uh, a lot of my clients own two homes, three homes. What, what's up with that? Well, it, this market serves less people, this real estate market, uh, because of the affordability issues, not only on the rates, but also on, on just what's available, the product that's available. And, and then, of course, uh, there's no question investors want those lower price properties as well. Uh, here's the share again, going back to single family condo and townhomes and multifamily. This is what small investors are buying the most of, uh, where investor purchases increased or decreased the most from a year earlier. The biggest increases would be Riverside, California, Chicago, San Jose. Biggest decreases, Cincinnati, Providence, and Orlando. Okay, Cincinnati, Providence, we talked about yesterday being, being markets that were up. Okay, um, so the, these... When the markets are up, less investors want to purchase them. Uh, where investors bought the highest, lowest share of homes sold. Miami investors bought 31.5% of homes sold. Jacksonville, 25.6%. Anaheim, 25.5%. And then Providence, Warren, Michigan, Montgomery County, PA, uh, were the lowest share. Uh, we'll link this in into BAMX so you guys can grab it. Got uh, all these major metros that Redfin covers listed up here. You see some areas, Atlanta down 24.5%, while Anaheim's up 12.6%. So very local on what investors are doing. I bet you if we go to Charlotte, ooh, Charlotte down. Charlotte down 15.6%. It's actually surprising from um, what I hear. But they probably bought so many in 22, right? So share of purchases home by Charlotte still above the national average at 21.5%. Median purchase price of homes bought, bought by investors in Charlotte, 287,000. That's a great price. I mean, look at the Anaheim one, 1.2 million. $287,000. I, I can't imagine how you lose in a market like Charlotte that has such a future buying property at 287,000. Such a great future ahead of it. Not not that it didn't have a future before, but has such a great future in front. Uh Lauderdale 370,000, right? Where maybe maybe the future uh, the future growth is a little bit behind us in a Lauderdale where in Charlotte it might be ahead of us. Kind of what I'm saying there. Las Vegas 390,000, right? Maybe Las Vegas has seen that California growth burst at its highest rate. All right, that'll all be available for you in BAMX. Let's switch over to mortgage demand and application, mortgage application data as released this morning by Mortgage Banker Association. 
Mortgage applications decreased 2.3% from one week earlier. That's overall applications, according to MBA. So that includes refi and that includes purchase. Of course, I want to look at purchase. We're now, we've now experienced two straight weeks of purchase applications sinking as we're getting into early spring. That means demand is retreating in reaction to the rates, maybe in reaction somewhat to limited inventory as well. And just the overall affordability for buyers or would-be home buyers, we're seeing demand retreat heading into the spring. This is the reality. I'm not rooting for it. I don't want it uh, to happen this way, but this is what is happening, okay? Uh, let's take a look at what that purchase index was. Okay, so 2.3% overall applications. The purchase index um, was 3%. Okay, the seasonally adjusted purchase index de decreased 3% from one week earlier. The unadjusted purchase index increased 4% compared with the previous week and was 12% lower than the same week one year ago. That's where I say last year demand versus this year, it's lower. Okay, now we're seeing week over week, three weeks in a row now declines on purchase application. Application activity was weaker last week. As mortgage rates moved higher across the board, mortgage rates didn't do us any favors yesterday with where the 10-year went in reaction to the CPI. Go listen to yesterday's hot sheet report. It was obvious what was going to happen to the 30-year fix when we were going through that CPI report yesterday morning and we were looking at the 10-year. It was obvious that we were going to break up over seven again on the 30-year fix. Unfortunately, we did it. So I caution real estate agents and investors to... to count on one hand this year. Ooh, 5% interest rates. Pretty No, I, there's going to be a lot more bumps. I want to get to five. We all want to get to five. It means a much more robust market. Maybe as we get closer to that election in November, we'll get, get to five. But the beginning of the year, there's going to be a lot of bumps. And and I don't know that um, five is is going to be a part of the spring conversation. I just, I just, that's not something that I would go ahead and guarantee. The 30-year fixed uh, mortgage rate obviously was up, uh, highest rate since early 2020 in December 23. Today's the highest, or yesterday was the highest number of the year, by the way. Purchase applications remain subdued as elevated rates continue to um, add affordability cha challenges along with still low existing housing inventory. Refinance applications also declined. They were Those were going up a little bit too. Um, and... Uh, that that's the deal there. Anyways, I, I don't want to I don't want to depress some people. I think I, I think I just saw a comment. Yeah, Brad's in the in the chat. Brad McCullum from Calgary. Uh, he doesn't like this news. Neither do I, Brad. By the way, but but it's important for us. Not there's a, so much crap going out there on Instagram of people saying five percent rates, five percent rates. If you were to tell that to a home buyer, hey, five percent rates are coming, and they sit there and they wait all spring. For these five percent rates, and they don't come, and they miss out on all the inventory that hits the spring. Typically, the best properties hit the market in the spring. The sellers with the uh, pride of ownership that have taken care of the property the most, that have had a strategic plan with their listing agent, and they're coming to market in the months where they can get the highest price point. Those those are the next couple of months coming um, ahead of us on the calendar here, right? And they miss out on all those opportunities and they get to the end of the year and it's like still like six, seven, five. It's like, what was I waiting for? I just cost myself a whole nother year 
of paying rent or being in a house that I don't want to be in or, or whatever the case may be. So um, that's where I'm cautioning everybody. And, and I'm, and I'm sick of seeing this 5% on the, on the rate, uh, you know, advice floating around Instagram. It's why we're doing this hot sheet so that we can be educated, move forward and, and have the right data. Uh, application index is what it is. The news is what it is. Um, we're, we're at a, you know, lowest level here on, on demand. Uh, you know, these last 12 to 18 months where we've been bouncing around since you can call 2015, 2012. And then you got to go all the way back to like 95 to see these 95, 96 to see these levels. Okay. Um, and it won't be until rates do drop that you'll see uh, that demand swing back up as rates do get to five somewhere. They will somewhere in the future. You will see that demand skyrocket. And what do you think happens to prices when that demand skyrockets? That's why I believe buyers buying today can get, can get a property um, at a much lower price than they're going to when those rates are at 5%. Um, okay. US foreclosures. Those that are waiting for those to come uh, might have seen the headline. Here's another just like headline that is going to get twisted around. Okay. It's the, it's the day of twisted headlines. Uh, they might be starting to cheer right now. Oh my gosh. Foreclosures are coming back. Uh, ATTOM Adam uh, says that U.S. foreclosure activity sees notable increase in January 2024. Foreclosures are back. It's 08 all over again. No, not not even close. Uh, January 2024 U.S. foreclosure market report does show a 5% year-over-year increase and a 10% monthly increase in foreclosure filings, default notices, scheduled actions, or bank repossessions. Total U.S. properties with U.S. foreclosures uh, amounted to 33,270, making a 5% from a year ago and 10% increase from the month uh, from the previous month. Doesn't mean that they're foreclosed on. These are foreclosure filings, okay? By the way, if 33,000 homes hit the market and they were anywhere in the affordable price range, they'd get soaked up immediately. Wouldn't be an impact really to inventory. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't be enough to make a dent. Foreclosure completion numbers, so REOs, increased monthly in 19 states uh, with 3,954 properties repossessed by lenders in January 2024, up from 1% a year ago and 13% from the previous month. So we are seeing signs of it going up, but we're seeing signs of it going up still to historical low Numbers. We're not even anywhere close to 2019 numbers. Foreclosures by quarter. 2019, 71,230. Um, let's just cross out 21 and 22, but let's let's look at right now, this quarter, uh, quarter four, 2023, 40,120. So just over half of what quarter four in 2019, a normal strong year real estate wise healthy year too we're at 40,000 right now compared to 71,000 so while the numbers are ticking up we still have a ways to go to get to what i would consider a healthy number on foreclosures a healthy number on foreclosures would be 2019 levels 70,000 a quarter totally healthy 
for, for a real estate market. If somebody can't afford their house, they need to go through the foreclosure process. It gets the inventory back on the market, gives them a restart. In you know, they always say seven years or less than seven years. You, you, you pay attention to your credit. You work on getting some credit cards, work on building your credit back up. You can be back in the game. Okay. Uh, foreclosure has been a great thing. Uh, bankruptcy has been a great thing for this country to restart people who really need it. Some people take advantage of it, certainly. Uh, but for people who really need it, it it's it's been something that works. Um, not even close, by the way. We're not even close. We're 417,000 foreclosures in quarter four, 28, uh, 2008. Quarter four, 2009, four, 463,000 uh, foreclosures. I had a Instagram I just did talking about reventure. He he said the foreclosures are, are going to be rampant in 2023 and 2024. And you know, I called him out on that. It's like, hey, 2023 is over now and 2024 has begun. And we're still, I mean, just look at it. We're not even close to 2019 levels. It would take month over month over month over month increases to get to 2019 levels, which is healthy and normal in 2023. Um, we're not even close to that. We're we're still at all time lows. I mean, if you take the COVID years out, we're at all time lows. Okay, take the COVID years out of it, and we're at all time lows on foreclosures in this country. Because if you get filed on, hey, um, we're going to start the foreclosure process. What does that homeowner do right now? They go sell the property. They go sell the property because they got a bunch of equity. And I call him out because he hasn't he hasn't put out a, a piece of video saying he's wrong. He'll just keep saying the same thing over and over and over again for years. Okay. Um, so have the information. We have the data here for you to be able to jet, uh, grab into BAMX on the foreclosures. Have the data and the information to be able to combat. Oh, I see foreclosures are up. I'm going to wait for one of those. Good luck. And by the way, those REOs, those 3,000 REOs, um, going back to my show notes here. The 3,954 properties that were repossessed, well, we got enough agents here in the chat. You can, you can put like, where do they come out on the MLS? They come out at market value or sometimes even above. And the banks are putting, they're not, the banks aren't stupid. They're like, okay, repossess the house and I'll go sell it for market value since you didn't want to sell it for market value. Uh, directly out of the show notes, BAMX members, you guys get access to all these show notes each and every single day that we do the hot sheet. So many of you are having success with this for your email newsletters and uh, information to your database. Uh, the states and metropolitan areas with increased REOs, Michigan's up, Minnesota, California, Pennsylvania, Mizzou. And then the uh, metropolitan areas with those highest number of REOs included Detroit, Chicago, New York, Philly, and San Francisco. Uh, highest foreclosure rates in January 2024. So these are filings, Delaware, Nevada, Indiana, Maryland, New Jersey. And uh, there you go. So foreclosures going up. I would encourage everybody to educate folks that they're going up to a healthy level. Not even half or, or just over half of where we were in 2019, which was a very strong market. That was an all-time low on foreclosures, by the way. Um, and we're not even at that level. Agents, if you missed yesterday's real estate, uh, or I'm sorry, real word podcast that I did with the notorious ROB on the unfortunate situation in our industry where multiple 
media companies, Inman Housing Wire and Riz Media, are putting up one individual to be the spo- your spokesperson on commission lawsuits. Um, we covered that. We covered the Housing Wire debate. I love Housing Wire. You know how much I talk about Housing Wire here on the hot sheet. We use their data, and I respect everybody there as well as the CEO. Um, I love what they're doing. Unfortunately, for whatever reason, these outlets continue to put the same individual up as a spokesperson on the commission lawsuit situation. The commission lawsuit situation is very tricky. Michael Ketchmark's a smart guy. He's recording all this stuff. He's going to use it in court one day. Notorious ROB, who's been covering the industry for decades, wrote a substack on this. So I had him on the podcast on Real Word yesterday. We discussed that debate. We discussed his substack and other issues surrounding what a, what this particular spokesperson, un, uh, unanointed spokesperson, uh, has been saying about the industry. It's an important one to go watch. Yesterday's Real World podcast, it's here on this channel. Uh, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any of these. Make sure that at some point today in a drive you go uh, listen to that one. Put it on one and a half times speed, whatever you got to do and listen to this week's Real Word podcast. It's important. It's also important that if you have an opinion on these uh, commission lawsuits, that you fill out the survey that we're doing with 1000 Watt, partner with 1000 Watt, the premier branding and marketing agency in, in real estate to put out an agent sentiment survey every single quarter. This one is on the lawsuits we're giving everybody here at Tahashi and BAMX an opportunity to do that. Uh, of course, stay with us all week because Friday I have a major announcement about the future of this show, the show being the hot sheet, so you do not want to miss that. Quick look at the 10-year, still sitting above that 4.250. That's the Gandalf line, according to Logan Motoshami from Housing Wire, who we'll have on at Knowledge Brokers Podcast on Friday. Really looking forward to that. 4.291 on the 10-year. Uh, right now. So 10 years still elevated after yesterday's CPI report coming down here since we started the show it was up over 4.3 when we started the show. Uh, of course, that 10 year pop increased the 30 year fix yesterday to 7.13 highest level of 2024 on the 30 year fix as we sit here in mid February 7.13. I would expect that to stay in the sevens here today based on where the 10 year is. Uh, hope everybody has a great Valentine's Day. Thank you so much for tuning into the hot sheet. Friday, major announcement about the future of the show. We'll see you back here tomorrow, 9.30 on the East, 6.30 on the West. And you know the deal everywhere in between. Until then, toodaloo.